Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hear more of Michael, Don, and Peter live weekday afternoons starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN. On a football Friday in the big city. What's up, baby? How are you? Good. What's going on? You doing all right? You look fantastic, by the way. Well, you look great as well. Thank you. It's nice to have you. This is going to be all next week as well. Mm-hmm. Peter's in Brazil. Michael's on a boat somewhere like between Belize and Nova Scotia. I'm not sure which. <laughs> Who goes to Nova Scotia? <laughs> I don't know. In, in, in December? No one. Halifax is lovely this time of oh, year. Oh, come on. Yeah. Probably a hockey player. Yeah. But it's a football Friday, and no exaggeration, honestly. I mean, say what you want. You can be a naysayer. You could be, oh, come on, give me a break. You could be, why aren't you talking about Juan Soto? There are meaningful games on Sunday between the Jets and the Giants, and I don't think that we ever thought in the months of October, in November, uh, and, and certainly even the beginning of December, that we would be talking about games that would be played on December 17th that actually – have meeting. I, I don't. I don't think either of these teams are going to the playoffs, Dan. But when the Jets step on the field in Miami, and when the Giants step on the field in New Orleans, they will be playing meaningful football. Meaningful football, and just giving you the reason to watch, right? Because we had been talking about it the last couple of weeks. Like Giants were two and eight. They were coming off of two lopsided defeats, and we were sitting there talking about as Brian Dayball lost the room. Does he still have a handle? on the guys in that room, are they just going to completely check out the rest of the way? And on the Jets' side, look, they were spinning out of control. The offense couldn't put the ball in the end zone. They were just playing out the string. You didn't know if they would even win another game. And the Giants, yeah, they've won a few in a row, but just even the one win and that performance that they had on Sunday against the Texans from a Jets standpoint, isn't it amazing that how just one game could change everything with the way we look at these teams. But, yeah, at least it gets you excited if you're a fan of either See, one of these teams for Sunday's games. See, that's why I wanted it. We wanted to just you know, jump right in, uh, get your calls at 1-800-919-3776 of like, who's got the best chance to win on Sunday. Now, the easy answer is going to be, well, the Giants, because they're in New Orleans. New Orleans is 6-7. and seven. Uh, the Giants, not that long ago, won in New Orleans. Uh, so it's not a crazy thought that they can beat the, the, the Saints. And meanwhile, the Jets are going to Miami, which has been a house of horrors for them. They have not won a game there since 2015. Because the last time they won a quote-unquote game against the Dolphins, where the Dolphins were the home team, the game was in London. Yeah. So they haven't gone to Miami and played well. In a long time, I mean, 2015 was how many coaches ago, how many general managers ago, how many quarterbacks ago. Was that so? The easy answer is the Giants. I'm not that sure. I mean, Tyree Kill has not practiced all week. Now, could he play on Sunday? Sure, but he, he's probably not going to be 100. percent And there's serious question marks on whether they can play. Dolphins are reeling after a very disappointing loss to the Titans on Monday. It's a short week for the Dolphins, so I'm, I'm not going to predict that the Jets are going to win this game. But it seems a lot more winnable now than it did, you know last week when it felt like, oh, they're not going to be able to go to Miami and beat the Dolphins. Maybe they can. So I'll ask you, who's got the best chance of extending their season on Sunday, the Jets or the Giants? I mean, I don't want this to sound as a cop-out, but I think they both have a decent chance of winning these games. I agree. Right? And I mean, and that benefits everybody in this city, let's face it. And I think that from the Jets' standpoint, as you said, you don't know if Tyreek Hill is going to play. Nowadays, if you don't practice, you don't play. 
That's just the rule of thumb. And they're not going to come out today and declare him out to do the Jets any favors. So Mike McDaniel said that he's questionable, so it's going to keep the Jets at least guessing to whether or not they have to prepare for Tyreek Hill or not. But we know Miami's offensive line is all messed up. They lost their starting center in that game the other night that they lost to the Tennessee Titans. So Jonathan Harrison, who was a former Jet and a former Giant, as a matter of fact, Mm -hmm. they signed him like last week to the practice squad. Now he's getting elevated. He barely knows the offense. He's going to be the starting center. They're missing a couple of other linemen. I think Eichenberg isn't going to be playing as well. Jet defensive front, they got a chance to really wreak some havoc in this game on Sunday. And when you think back, Don, it was just a couple of weeks ago when they played this team on Black Friday. And a lot has changed since then. Like, for example, the guy who started a quarterback that day for the Jets, he's not even on the team anymore in Tim Boyle. But that was a 10-6 to football game with two seconds left in the first half, and then all hell broke loose with the fail Mary or whatever you want to call it. And even right. Javon Holland, who made that play is even nicked up, and he may not even play this week. So, really, Miami is banged up in a lot of ways. Now, and the, both teams need the game. You know, Saints could certainly still win the NFC South. That's very much alive for them. And there's probably, not probably, I don't think there's going to be a wild card that comes out of that division. So they're going to want to win as much as they can to try to keep pace with Atlanta, who they lost to already this year. So um, they need the game. And the Dolphins need this game. Um, not just to get the one seed, hear me out, Dan, to win the division. They've got a two-game lead over Buffalo, but Buffalo beat Miami already. They play Week 18. So if the Dolphins were to lose to the Jets, I I kind of like the Bills against the Cowboys this week. Cowboys are coming off an emotional game against the Eagles in which they won. You know, I, it wouldn't be crazy to think Buffalo can beat Dallas. It, it's going to be tough, certainly. And then after that, they're at Los Angeles, the Chargers, who just blew up their team after what happened last night. Oh, my God. Can't blame them. Last night. And then New England at home before they play Miami. So if the Dolphins were to lose and the Bills beat the Cowboys, that division's all of a sudden up for grabs. So the Dolphins go from trying to get the one seed, battling Baltimore for a bye, to all of a sudden being a wild card team and having to play exclusively on the road to make a run. So it's a big game for the Saints, and it's a big game for the Dolphins, too. And you don't know how a team is going to respond, right, when losing a game like the Dolphins did on Monday. When you have a two-touchdown lead with, with two minutes to play in the game and you somehow can't put it away, like, is that something that lingers? We have no idea. Now, I went back and looked. Remember, the Jets were on the other end of that last year in Cleveland with the Joe Flacco game. Remember in Week 2 when they were down by 13 with a buck 55 left, and they somehow won that football game. Browns actually came back the next week and beat the Steelers. So they were able to dust themselves off and go out there and play good football. But Miami, to your point with the division, look at what they have after the Jets. They got the Cowboys, the Ravens, and the Bills. That yeah. is not easy. So, no. And this is a Dolphins team that is feasted on the 500 or worse clubs all throughout the year. Like, they lost to the Bills, they lost to the Eagles, they lost to the Chiefs, and then the other night they lose to Tennessee. But... They only have one win this year, Don, against a team with a winning record, and that team didn't have a winning record when they beat them, and that was the Broncos, who they put up 70 against back in right. September. So that was a long, long time yeah, it, ago it, here. Yeah, it, it, it's a long time ago for sure. So, I mean, so you got the chance of the Jets winning and the chance of the Giants certainly winning too. But here's another factor from a consistency standpoint. The Giants, although not overly impressive, you know, you beat the Commanders, who they always beat beat the Patriots, who are not a good football team. They only have three wins all year. And let's not forget, too, a makeable field goal missed by New England would have sent that game into overtime. 
So the Giants caught a break against the lowly Patriots, and then they beat the Green Bay Packers, which is a big-time win. I don't care how you slice it. Packers needed that game. They came in red hot. Giants were 0 for their last 9 at home in primetime games, and they won that game. So they've put together a nice three-game winning streak here, where the Jets, it's really just about the one game against the Texans. They had not played well going into that game against Houston and you know getting no quarterback play at all. Zach gets his job back, puts together a game that, de- that you know, forget the defense. The defense has been good all year. But the offense puts 30 points together in one half. And now the Jet fans are excited about going to beat Miami, but you can make the case, well, at least the Giants have been consistent over a three-week span. We're basing our faith on the Jets basically on one game in which, let's face it, Dan, you got to give Houston some credit for that game too. That was a brutal loss for a Texans team that needed the game. No, that, they, they walked right into a trap, and I said that to Greg probably many times as we were watching it unfold on Sunday. This was a young Texans team that nobody expected anything from, and look, they were missing some people. I'm not going to sit here and kid you, some key guys for their team, like your two leading receivers, or two of their three leading receivers in that game, but still, I mean, they were just a complete no-show. Now, give the Jets some credit there, but, you know, over the Giants, this is a very winnable game for them, because the Saints... I thought they were going to be better than they really are. I'm not a huge Dennis Allen fan, never have been as a head coach. And let's also think about this, Don. The Saints are a team that has a losing record in the worst division in the NFL, right? The worst division in the NFL where you've got a three-way tie for first place and they all have losing records. So this is a very, very gettable game. I get it. It's a short week for the Giants, but I like the way they're playing right now. And if you look at New Orleans, there's some things that aren't right there. Like, you saw it play itself out on the field last week, even though they beat the Panthers, but it was the Panthers. You know, you got the offensive linemen who are sitting there threatening to, you know, throw hands with Derek Carr. Like, that hasn't worked out the way they wanted it to. Giants could get this game on Sunday. Yeah, I I, I think it's a tough – I can see – we'll take the phone calls. I'm sure Jet fans will say Jets. Giant fans will say Giants. But – and as far as – well, what does it matter? You're kicking the can down the road. Like, neither of these teams are making the playoffs, and I don't think we believe they're making the playoffs either just because of how difficult it's going to be to run the table. And for the Giants, running the table would mean closing it out on a seven-game winning streak and doing it with an undrafted free agent as your quarterback. That's tough to imagine, plus two games against the Eagles, a team they never seem to be able to beat. But to be able to dare to dream – if the Giants beat the Saints, that game at home on Christmas Day against the Eagles is going to be huge. 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 And then the Jets are going to be home on Christmas Eve against the Commanders. Certainly a winnable game. So the Jets can kick it down the, 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 the can down the road another week in which then you're going to be in Cleveland against you know Joe Flacco and the Browns. Tough, but not, not impossible by any stretch. And then you, you close out the season against New England. Like, so, all right, do I think it's going to happen? No, but isn't it kind of cool after really having to watch embarrassing, non-competitive football for the bulk of the season for both of these teams to be a laughing stock, to be sitting here on, you know, going into December 17th, still having a dare to dream. I, I I think that's a cool thing, and I've been saying it for a million years. You know, uh, to me, that's better than tanking and hoping to get the pick. To me, that 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 still means something to me to actually have a, a season that can salvage itself. And even if you don't make the playoffs, still play well down the stretch to believe that hey, our teams are competent 
and maybe something, especially for the Giants, where it'll kind of prove, all right, I believe in this general manager. I believe in this head coach. Looks like we've got you know a quarterback that can, at the very least, compete and be a backup next year. I mean, that's not nothing. No, it's not nothing. And just rewind a month ago, right, to where, as I said, the Giants had those two blowout losses, Raiders-Cowboys. Jets, meantime, they couldn't score a touchdown. And forget about you're not even thinking playoffs. You're just thinking about, well, how many more weeks do I have to watch this? Right from one to the next. And you're thinking, when is it going to be over? Get me to the draft. Get me to the offseason. Who's staying? Who's going? All those different things. So now the fact that we're getting excited about games on Sunday is a really, really good thing. And oh, by the way, the added element with the Jets here, of course, and I don't know how much validity you want to put into it, but that whole specter of Aaron Rodgers, which is still hovering over this thing, yeah. that where with each passing week and each additional win, it just keeps that flame kind of flickering, if you know what I mean, that just maybe possibly that he could make a return if this team somehow has a meaningful game to play in the last couple of weeks of the season. You just never know. But what's also interesting to throw on top of that, a little cherry on top of the cake he just baked, mm-hmm. that if Wilson balls out of Miami, do you even want to see Aaron Rodgers? I don't think you need Aaron Rodgers for the Commanders. You know, so but that was the rumor, the TMZ rumor, he could be ready for Washington. Well, right, they got to make they got to make a decision this week, right? Or next have to make week, a decision rather, to have him active, right? So. Uh, do you want to see the Wilson through, or do you want a guy that hasn't played since week one coming off an injury? I know Aaron Rodgers is way better than Zach, and let's, let's be honest. It's one game for Zach. Let, let's, because you know what happens with right. Zach, Dan, is that the soon people start believing is when he goes into the tank, right? It's when nobody has any expectations around him that he ends up playing well. I do All of well. a sudden, people get excited, and the games become more meaningful. That seems to be where he plays at his worst. So let's see him play well against Miami. I want to see it before we start having a conversation about it. But just in case he does play well, are you jumping for joy to see Aaron Rodgers play against the Commanders? You want to get crazy for a second? I'm already crazy. You want to, go, you want to get crazy a little bit and just like think about like outlandish scenarios. Let me throw this one out at you. Let's say Zach's playing well. He's rolling. Goes down to Miami and beats the Dolphins. Now, I don't know how well he's going to play, but I'm just saying the Jets beat the Dolphins. Come back home next week. They beat the Commanders. Mm-hmm. Zach's playing decent football. Dare I say, they go to Cleveland and beat the Browns, all with them getting help outside their own business. So, like, they're still mathematically alive going into Foxborough for that last game of the season. Given Zach's struggles against the Patriots in his career, whether the game is here, whether the game is in New England, right? And let's say Aaron Rodgers can go out there and play and can protect himself, even though he's not 100%. Who are you starting in that game? Mm. Not, not, Zach not played a true, well. Not a true win-and-you're-in situation, but you have to win well, to then allow the other help to play itself out in true. Week 18. But you're going to need to win. And, right. you, and you're also going to go into the game you know, not knowing all the scenarios, so you're going to have to play it out. But it's an opponent that he has probably and, had his most struggles against in and, his NFL career. And as bad as the Patriots are, it's not because of their defense. It's because they're miserable offensively. They can they they can play defense. They're kind of the Jets in that way. They're a very good defensive team, and they do give Zach and any you know jet, any Jet quarterback in recent vintage fits. Well, let me ask you a question: mm-hmm. How did Zach play? Not not a game manager. 
Like, d- does he play well? Is he the reason they're winning these games, or is he just getting by? Because if he's just getting by, then I would want to go with Rodgers. But if he's throwing three touchdowns, throwing for 300 yards, he's got a quarterback rating in the hundreds, then then I, I probably would go with Zach. How about, remember when they won, th- well, the Kansas City game, they lost. He played well, but they lost. And then they went on a three-game winning streak. Denver, Philadelphia, Giants. Didn't play great Didn't in that stretch. Great, no. So how about a little better than that stretch, and they're winning the next however many games well, it is, the next three games? Well, here's here's another element that you'd have to consider that maybe you haven't, mm-hmm. that, 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 would, that you would say I'd want Rodgers to be the guy. And since we're talking about the Jets, Jets preview is brought to you by Pajamagram is maybe you want Rodgers to play in the game because that's probably who you'd want to be your quarterback if you did make the playoffs. And do you want Rodgers' debut to be in the postseason? Right. Fair. Fair. So, yeah, Zach, we love you, but let's be honest. It's Aaron Rodgers. We brought him here for a reason. We got a chance to make the playoffs. I really don't want him playing his first game since week one in in playoffs i want i want to get him to play have a game under his belt against new england a good defensive team to at least know what i have and if i lose with rogers can i really say to myself i screwed up by starting aaron Rodgers in a must win so for that reason they probably go with rogers although we're having a conversation as if anybody has a choice <laughs> i think if rogers wants to play he plays right and that's the way but and, and that's why the christmas eve thing always seems skeptical to me regardless of where they were because let's say that was going to be his first game back the jets have already made personnel decisions with other guys at other positions this year to try to safeguard them against themselves like the quick turnaround type things so like if he makes a season date, well, I say a season debut, you know, playing a full games. game, right? Four snaps for guys. If if that happens against Washington, well, then they have the short turnaround to play four days later against the Browns, and I don't think that they would want to throw him out there and have him play two games in five days. So that's why the Christmas Eve thing was always a little bit leery to me. And I think your best bet is maybe Cleveland at the earliest. Who knows? If indeed it's, that's even a possibility, it, it is just amazing. And, and listen, we've. In sports radio, it's easy to kind of just uh, fabricate enthusiasm. But I think this is pretty legit just from the standpoint if it's something that we didn't expect. Like, we didn't expect Tommy DeVito to play the way he's playing. We didn't expect there to be meaningful football. Now, don't get us wrong. I think Dan's in the same position we are. We don't think this is going to happen. No. But the fact that it's on the table, you know, what, what did John Mara always say you know, whenever he brings in another, I just want to play meaningful games in December, like like as if that's something. Well, guess what? We've had meaningful games in December, and we will continue to have at least one more meaningful game in December. And if they both win, which we think they can, you're going to play on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day meaningful football. It's it is pretty interesting, and also you know thank thank God for the seven seed. <laughs> that was Jets preview brought to you by Pajamagram Soft Silky, a best selling Christmas gift for her. Get a free seventy five dollar nighty and naturally nude pajamas from Pajamagram dot com. Do you say pajama or pajama? Um, pajama. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a pajama, pajama guy. guy. I am a. I think I'm a pajama guy. Too. And you can Let's wear hear. pajamas if you. I mean, if you really had a rough night or whatever, and you just don't want to face the world. I mean, you know, because we don't want to discriminate. We cater to all parties. You can wear the pajamas while you're watching football on Sunday. Why well, not? Uh, there, there was a, there was more than one occasion. Mm-hmm. 
don't know if I've ever said this on the air. I've told well, you. You're, t- you're saying it now, so you might as well. That when the Jets, when I was doing Jets, and they were playing at 1 o'clock, and it was late in the season, and in a lot of those seasons, you know, it, it was over. We're just going through. We, well, we do a professional job, sure. killer job, but, you know, sometimes the, the, the players and the games didn't live up to, to the broadcast um, standards. But, um, and it's a 1 o'clock. And the game's on the road, so we're in the studio. That I would go to the studio with my pajamas on. Now, when you say pajamas, like you're talking like footsies, like the onesies, like what kind of pajamas are we? Are no, we meaning like about I here? would have, you know, my I would have a, like a sweatshirt on, and I would be wearing pajama bottoms. Long, and I would might might wear slippers, but sometimes I would have sneakers, depending on how cold it was. Like act like like plaid pajama bottoms. Yes. Like you're you're rocking with, with the, slippers, like going the, to the studio. Well, if it, if it's like a day like today, mm-hmm. where it's like 55 degrees out, slippers. If it's like raining or snow, then I would obviously have you know sneakers on or actual shoes. Why not? And what did Greg have to say about this? What the guy who doesn't wear socks? He had no say. He didn't have a con- he didn't have a comment. Like not I mean, a we, we were very open with one he another. He wouldn't bat an eye. Really? He didn't care. No, he'd come in with his KFC, put it down on the table, and we'd do our so show. So basically, you couldn't have been. You might might as well have not been wearing any clothes, and he still would have been munching away on the chicken, and that would have been it. Twenty three in a row. In preseason. Do you think I care about preseason? No. So you think a guy who cares, doesn't care about preseason or a running game is going to care what I'm wearing to the pregame? You saw that episode, right? I don't watch TV. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> he doesn't, yeah. <laughs> There'd be time, there be, and, I, and listen, Greg and I, uh, I consider him a family member. Sure. There'd be times we would do six hours of radio and not even glance at each other. That's the chemistry that we have. I'm sure you have it, too. Yeah, but when we glance at each other, we talk. Who the hell is Snoop Connor? <laughs> we would talk. He'd have his nose in his computer. I'd be watching the, you know, I'd be watching the 4 o'clocks in the postgame, and we would leave, and I honestly wouldn't be able to tell you what he wore. I'm sur- darn tootin'. I'm surprised about that, actually. Because like we do a lot of, to- I mean, ask Anthony. We do a lot of talking during the game. I mean, oh. the way a lot of the games have gone this season, you almost have to talk your way through them because it's not like the the Greg, game is giving you much. Greg and I spoke constantly, mm-hmm. but but there's a possibility that there have been, may, might have been games we didn't we didn't glance at each other. Why do you got to make eye contact for? There's football on. You don't do like sweatpants as like a pajama bottom thing. Like you actually yeah, have like that, pajama that, but bottoms. That's nothing. But I got just it's what I wore to bed. I just rolled out of bed, and went to work. Because you could do sweatpants, and then like face the world in sweatpants. Like I don't sleep in like, sweatpants. Who cares? Yeah, sweatpants get warm, especially like during the winter months. You don't want that. Well, I didn't happen a lot, but um, that's how it went. <laughs> sixteen years of uh, sixteen years of radio. I guess you and Greg just aren't as close as uh, Greg and I were. What, just be, because we actually talk? No, we're like an old married I mean, you couple. Like, they, you yeah. don't think that there are old married couples that haven't glanced at each other in years? Well, that's the fault of the marriage and the couple. But no, I'm just saying, means like, you're we, com- no. You see, you look at it as a negative. Like all the marriages. No, no. no the, the way you look at it is you're just so comfortable with one another. You're completing each other's sentences. I don't need to glance over and see what Greg's wearing. I don't care. Well, you can't. And use, he didn't care what I was you wearing. Can't as long that, as we were present with each other. You can't use that example of finishing each other's sentences if you're not talking to one another. No, I didn't say we didn't talk. We talked constantly. We just I never don't made know eye what goes on. But I'm gonna have eye contact. What, we got a hug too. But I'm I just gonna, Greg. I tell you, we'd have conversations about life, about sports, about football, and never once glance at each other. Anthony, when you're talking to somebody, generally you want to look in the direction of no. the person, right? Not what was Greg that? 
<laughs> but mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what you do. Well, at least that's the way I am. If I'm going to talk to you, did. I'm going to face you and look you straight in the eye and tell you what I I'm think. I'm not saying it was always this way, but there are plenty of times. It's like we we spent the whole day together, and you know, you know, put a gun to my head. What was what what color was Greg's shirt? Couldn't I? You know what I'm going to do on Sunday? I'm going to go out of my way. To not engage him, or at least looking at him in conversation, and see how long that lasts. I may not like it. And you know what? I think that's when your relationship is going to take a turn for the better. Well, because the way that we sit in the studio watching the games, like he's always in, uh, like where you're sitting or whatever, where you would normally sit. So he's like facing the TV. I'm the one that then has to turn to look at him. He's always looking at me. So the onus is on me to make this happen. The chemistry, just just we just knew. Didn't have to look. Right. It's like a no look pass. It's like it's like playing a guitar without looking down. Well, that's not playing a guitar so, looking down. You, you 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 could play the guitar without looking down. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Don and Dan, take your phone calls when we come back. Lots coming up. Joe Fortinball is going to join us coming up at three forty five. Find out what he's thinking about Week fifteen. Finding out what you're thinking about the Jets and Giants coming up next here on Yes and 9870 ESPN New York. Ocean Rowing Hall of Fame. I just want to make sure you understand that. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. Hey, guys, are you ready to hit a home run with the best Christmas gift for your special someone? Pajamagram's famous naturally nude pajamas will make you a holiday hero. So good that they sell out every year. Naturally nude pajamas are known for ultimate comfort and style. Soft, silky, better than lingerie with a curve-caressing fit. Here's the kicker. When you order Naturally Nude Pajamas today, you'll get a free Naturally Nude Nighty. That's a $75 savings on a very luxurious two-in-one complete gift. Better yet, with Pajamagram, you can even add gift packaging. If you ask me, that's one easy holiday gift that is sure to make her happy. Listen, we all know how good it feels to win, so why not win this Christmas? Hurry, go to Pajamagram today for Naturally Nude Pajamas before they sell out. That's Naturally Nude Pajamas at Pajamagram.com. Please tell them ESPN New York sent you. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. This is the Michael K. Show podcast. Listen live weekday afternoon starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN. It's a football Friday with the Michael K. Show. Presented by Nissan and Bet365. Football Fridays on 8870 ESPN brought to you by Nissan. Get ready to unwrap this season's greatest gift, the savings at the Nissan Thrill of the Drive sales event starring the heart-pumping Nissan lineup. Better hurry. These offers won't be back in stock. Don and Dan with you. Calls 1-800-919-3776. And let's start it off with Jimmy. He's out in Los Angeles. You're on ESPN Newark. What's up, Jimmy? Good afternoon, gentlemen. Happy holidays to both of you, and I appreciate both the jobs that both of you uh, do respectively on your, your shows. Thank you. Well, thank you, Jimmy. Thanks, um, Jimmy. 
You're welcome. Thank you. Um, you know, I've learned in life, I've been a Jet fan since 1967, and I've, as I've grown older, is, is to take, take life a day at a time. And what I've learned how that transfers to the sports and the Jets in particular is to taking one game at a, one week at a time, one game at a time. And, you know, as far as this weekend, it's an interesting weekend. Hopefully, you know, the Jets will do – yeah, I have, no, I have no doubt the defense because they played consistently well the whole season. I hope – it's my hope, and as well as many Jets fans' hopes, is that Zach can put together a second consecutive consistent game and the offensive line could play well again. That's it. And, you know, they they make the plays necessary to come out with a W. And you have this weekend the other teams involved. You have a host of teams that in the AFC that are at seven and six playing against one another. Um, you know, you got the Cowboys up in Buffalo. Um, and, you know, if it breaks right, you know, the most important thing where they are at, at being at 13 right now the, the char- they they passed the Chargers with their loss last night. The Chargers' loss is that you 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 keep winning, and hopefully those teams that are ahead of you start coming back to you. But but so, see, you're playing. See, Jimmy, you're not taking your own advice. You know, the one day at a time. Beat Miami. All right. So correct. let's see how it all kind of plays itself out. But you got to beat Miami. Nothing works unless these two football teams win. Advance to next week. Survive in advance. The old uh, Jim Valvano line from the NCAA tournament. Survive in advance. And to me, Dan, the biggest it, uh, the biggest if, is whether you get play from the quarterback. I know the defense right. is going to play well. I know what the Jets are. I know what the Dolphins are with their injuries. It's a winnable game if Hill doesn't play. And he hasn't practiced all week, so there's a very good possibility of that. But, Dan, all this hinges on are you going to get the quarterback play? And if you get the quarterback play, you got a shot. You don't get the quarterback play, no shot. It's funny, too, because what Jimmy was talking about, the other day I was having lunch with with a few friends, and they were talking about, I don't know, they were running through like the New York Times predictor thing for the playoffs. You know, mimicking the results the rest of the season and to who would make it and all the – I can't allow myself to do that. Like, I wouldn't have the discipline to be able to do it because, like we've been saying – Take it one game at a time. All that other stuff is nonsense yeah. because the hardest part is, I think, just handling your own business. Forget That's about it. scoreboard watching and what all these other teams have to do. It's about winning the game you have to win because both of these teams, until recently, had a hard time winning football games. They were among the right. bottom of the NFL in the standings, so, so they were their own worst enemy. So let's not worry about tiebreakers. Let's not worry about next week, the week after that, who's playing who. Jets, Miami. Giant Saints win, and you're still alive going into Week 16. That's got to be the focus. And for the Giants, um, it's not really about can Tommy DeVito play at a certain level. It's just don't screw it up. Don't make the mistakes because, let's be honest, I mean, he made some nice throws. He had a great drive at the end of the game. He threw for 158 yards and two touchdowns. Right. It wasn't like he was mind-blowing out there, and I think it was kind of just – it was a nice story they gave him the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. It should have went to Dak. It should have went to Purdy. But whatever. It's a great story. But the Giants, it's about just continuing to do what they do. do play the way they've played the last three weeks. They've got an excellent chance to win. For the Jets, it's just about their quarterback. Can Zach duplicate what he did last week? I think that's what it really comes down to. 
It's not even really about can the Jets win in Miami. It's can Zach play well. And that, to me, is the biggest question. And, you know, for the Giants, too, like if you, I, I agree with everything you just said about DeVito. Look, he, he made the throws when he had to on that final drive mm-hmm. to get him in field goal range, which, and, and the big one, of course, to Wandale Robinson, who's playing some good football, by the way, yes. uh, the young receiver. But look, you, if you watch the Giants, you know what they're doing. The coaches give them credit. They're scheming around Tommy DeVito's deficiencies as a passer, right? And they're trying to make sure he doesn't have to do things that he's probably not suited to do. And it's been effective for them. And I think what helps the Giants this week against this Saints defense, Saints are vulnerable against the run. They're pretty good against the pass, but they are a little susceptible to the run. So that is what the Giants' bread and butter is offensively. Saquon and even designing some run plays for Tommy DeVito. That could help them move the football. Now, I don't want to see this team do it. You see, the Jets... It's interesting because it's the exact opposite, right? If you want to get the best out of Zach, you've got to play him like you played him last week. Yeah. Like if you start if you start getting conservative and trying to kind of dumb it down, I don't think that works to the Jets' advantage. That's been the problem is is that they don't want him to make mistakes, and that's just when he starts to make mistakes. Maybe he's just got to go out there and just ball out like he did against Houston, and maybe they can get the same result. Always a pleasure to welcome in Ira Staten Island. You're on ESPN New York. Hi, hi. Hey, Don and uh, Dan. Uh... You know, it's an interesting uh, conversation even having, considering how the season has gone. Um, but listen, you take care of the Dolphins and just just, just win the games, make the rest of the season uh, fun. I'm not really concerned about the playoffs right now. But the thing that's really frustrating, and I hate to I hate to bring it up as I'm beating a dead horse here, if Joe Douglas had only had a competent backup. We wouldn't even be having this conversation right now. We're going to all the offensive line woes, okay? And with everybody learning Hackett's system, the AFC right now, there's so much parity. Yeah. And if he had a comp, if he had a competent backup, the chances are the Jets right now, instead of five and eight, they'd probably be seven and six. And then you really start talking about serious stuff. It is. It is interesting, Ira, because you know we were. Ta- I was talking with Dan about this off the air is that the Giants probably have one regret and that's the jet loss. Like that was a game that that would have changed everything had they won that jet game. For the Jets, like you said, if they had a competent backup, if they just got something in the Atlanta game, something in the Patriot game, something in the Charger game. What if Zach the, played against Atlanta? The, well, yeah, like so there's so many what ifs, but there's so many more I think for the Jets than for the Giants. The Giants like I said, the one regret and Ira, thank you for the phone call. They had no business losing that Jet game. But that's it really. Every other game they were always almost embarrassed and blown out. The Jets, if Zach plays against the Falcons, they probably win the game. Uh, you look, that, that loss to the Patriots did not age well, although the Patriots got banged up after that game. They were a lot healthier, I think, in that game than they've been pretty much all year. But the the Charger game looked like a blowout, but come on, Dan, that was such a winnable game. And to see what's happened to the Chargers since then, you, you pull your hair out thinking about that game. It's just the way it unfolded, right? I mean, it was a three-touchdown deficit on the scoreboard. It was 27-6, to but if you watch the game, they had a punt return for a touchdown. Right. Jets fumbled the football that the Chargers returned inside the five-yard line to where, what do you expect the defense to do? And, yeah, I mean, the Chargers are classic and, underachievers. It, and, it's incredible. And if the Giants end up you know, losing, let's say the Giants beat the Saints, beat the Rams, lose the two games to the Eagles, miss the playoffs, go 7-10, and they'll go, all right, you know, we just weren't good enough. You the want Jets t- go se- Jets go seven and ten, Dan. You're you're pulling your hair out of all the games that you let loose. And you want even to- with the injury to Aaron Rodgers, 
they go 7-10, and 10, they're probably kicking themselves. The mediocrity of the NFL, no more glaring example. There are 13 teams right now that are either 6-7 and seven or 7-6. Seven and six. Mm-hmm. 13 of the 32. Pretty incredible. Joe Fortenball is going to be joining us next. More of your calls later on on 1-800-919-3776. It's the Michael K. Show on Yes and 9870 ESPN New York. Oh, Don. BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks, as you know, Anthony. They unleash the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Reward points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into BetMGM Reward points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resort properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM and GameSense reminds you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Choices. BetMGM.com for T's and C's. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager and physically present in New York only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Awards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in seven days from issuance. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, help is available. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. This is the Michael K. Show podcast. Listen live weekday afternoon starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN. It's a football Friday with the Michael K. Show. Presented by Nissan and Bet365. That's right. Joe Fortenbaugh. Weekly spot, gambler analysis extraordinary celebrating a birthday. It's Don LaGreca and Dan Grassa on the Michael K. Show. Happy birthday, Joe. Guys, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'm now officially 21, so I can make my first bet. There you go. You look you look young. I'm, I have no idea yeah. how old you are. Zero. No, 43. This is the big 4-3 right I here. I was going to guess. I'm going to get just off your picture because you, you photograph well. I, I would have guessed 36, 37. I appreciate that. That's the ultimate comment at this stage in our lives. We know we're getting older. We get a good look. We don't take care of ourselves. Well, listen, if I was out there running and lifting weights and doing all that stuff, that's one thing. Uh, when it, when I'm doing what I'm doing, you look in the mirror, it's great right. to get a compliment like that. So but I appreciate you know, it, fellas. Now, I don't know if you know this, Dan, but he's moving to Bristol. So next year on his birthday, he's going to look like he's 57. <laughs> East Coast will do that to you, right? The cold that. winters and everything, Joe, always, yeah. I remember I grew up in Allentown, Pennsylvania. So, like, and then I went out and I spent, you know, 15 years essentially bouncing around the West Coast. A couple stops in Vegas, one in San Diego, one in San Francisco. And you, you forget about how good that is to you in terms of how you look versus the Northeast. But we'll survive. We'll find a way. All right. We've got um, some college bets before we get to the NFL. So what do you like in college this week? All right. So here we go. Bowl season underway starting tomorrow. Two things you have to keep in mind more than anything else. Number one, motivation. Which teams want to be there? Which teams don't want to be there? you got to make sure you find that out. Number two, transfer portal. It's become massive in the last couple of years. This year you're seeing guys transfer all over the place. You find yourself in a situation where the team playing on bowl day is very different from the team that played during the regular season. So let's start with Georgia, Southern, and Ohio. This line's moving against my play. It was around three, three and a half. It's now as low as two and a half on Georgia Southern. That's the play I would make in this matchup. Ohio's down its starting quarterback to the transfer portal. The backup is out as well. The top wide receiver, the top two running backs, and the top linebacker are all gone. 
This is a team that has lost a lot of talent coming into this game. Georgia Southern didn't close strong, but they're coming in in better shape, so I'll lay the two-and-a-half with them. Number two, New Mexico State minus three-and-a-half over Fresno State. Two teams headed in very opposite directions. Jerry Kill did a wonderful job at New Mexico State this season, won eight of their final nine games. Fresno State's headed in the opposite direction, lost each of their final three games, two of which they were a big favorite in those games. And head coach Jeff Tedford has stepped aside due to some health concerns. So I don't think you're going to get a whole lot from Fresno State here. I'll play New Mexico State minus three and a half. And then finally, Jacksonville State minus two and a half over Louisiana Lafayette. Jacksonville State just stepped up to FBS this year. Okay, they went eight and four straight up, eight, three and one against the spread. Great season. Problem is when you step up to FBS, the rule is the first two years you cannot qualify for the postseason unless it turns out you don't have enough six-win teams to fill out all the bowls. Well, we didn't have enough six-win teams. So Jacksonville State is in. First bowl game in program history. You know they're going to take it very seriously. We'll lay the two-and-a-half with them as well. Interesting stuff indeed. I love the bowl mania. So even though you got these games yeah. tomorrow, which maybe aren't the sexiest matchups, it's still fun. And as we all know, you can still have a wager or two and make the most out yeah. of these games. And, 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 and you even got three games on Saturday in the National Football League, too. A nice triple header for football fans, right? Without question. So I'll go through those three. One of those is one of the official picks, but I'll tell you where I'm at overall on the other two. Uh, lean to the Indianapolis Colts over the Steelers. Steelers have a very low ceiling offensively. They haven't gone over 26 points in any game this season. They've only gone over 20 points two times the last 10 games. Uh, the Alex Highsmith injury, the T.J. Watt injury, those are both concerning. Colts is a favorite this year, 4-0 straight up, 4-0 against the spread. So I lean to Indianapolis. I haven't done anything with the Bengals and the Vikings yet. I think you could bet the prop on Bengals quarterback Jake Browning throwing an interception. It's minus 115. I like that price. Uh, Brian Flores, the defensive coordinator in Minnesota, loves to blitz. And when it's a young quarterback who's already had so much success, there's some natural regression that's going to come at some point. I think they get after him and they pick him at least once. And then one of the official plays will be that late game. Uh, it's the Lions. I'll lay the four and a half over the Broncos. The Broncos have been one of the luckiest teams in the NFL over the last two months. Mm -hmm. Here's what I mean by that. Last seven games, they're six and one. They're number one in the NFL during that time in average starting field position, 35-yard line. They're number one in takeaways. Their opponents during that seven-game stretch have fumbled the ball 18 times, 18 fumbles in seven games, and they recovered 11 of them. That's both number one in the NFL. That is not a predictive metric. You're not going to be able to predict fumbles. Sometimes if you catch a lot of them coming your way, it's great, but it's an oblong football that can bounce in any direction. They have had extraordinary luck in that department. When it regresses, they'll get exposed. I'm taking the Lions minus the four and a half. What do you like in the Jets and the Giants games? So those two games, the Jets game is difficult because we don't know what's going to happen with Tyreek Hill. It looks like the number coming down to where it is, about eight, eight and a half, is reflective of him possibly not playing. So I don't think you're going to do any better or a whole lot better if he ends up being ruled out if you want to take the Jets. But if he ends up being ruled in, obviously that number could surge back up to 10 or so. Lean a little bit to the Jets because I think we're still overvaluing Miami based on that 50-point win over Denver. Miami's good, but they're not great. They bounce back here, I'm sure, but the Jets are still fighting, and they're going to give you a competitive effort. And being a divisional rival that understands the opponent, sometimes you can side with the dog there. It's one of the reasons I like Arizona uh, plus the 12.5 this week. They're off the bye. 
They're at home. They got the Niners. They're familiar with them. Murray's given them trouble before. And the thing with the Niners is they got Baltimore on deck on Christmas, so they could get caught looking ahead a little bit there. Mm. So back to the question at hand, we did the Jets. Now the Giants, lean to the Giants. I think I'd play them plus the six here. Um, I know everyone's fired up about DeVito and everything Big Blue's doing. I like what Brian Dable's done late in the season. Some coaches lose their team in this spot. Not him. They've won three in a row. I don't care who the opponents are. They're still showing up for work, unlike teams like the Chargers. Uh, the handicap would be the Saints. Do you feel comfortable laying six with New Orleans? They've covered three spreads in 13 games this year, so I'd be leaning to the Giants in that one. Joe, I know you gave us already one of your plays. I know you got a couple of more. What do you have in store? All right, so we've got the Lions as an official play. Uh, we're going to play the Rams minus the six and a half over the Commanders. I think the Commanders are just set to pack it in. I don't, and I wish Rosenberg were here today so I could tell him that <laughs> over the air. But they don't feel like a team that's going to show up and even bother. It's the end of the season. I think Rivera knows he's toast. We haven't seen much from that defense. McVay and Stafford, I think, are going to carve them up. This will. Pro- I'm going to guess that this gets to seven. At which point, you'll probably see Washington money. But I play the six and a half. It's a good teaser leg option as well. And then finally, the Dallas Bills game, I bet over the 50 points in that one. Dallas's defense on the road, very different than what you see at home. Okay, they don't have the crowd noise, which means the defensive line isn't going to feast like they would at home. As a result, the opposing quarterback, in this case Josh Allen, is going to have a little bit more time in the pocket to make plays down the field. Dallas's defense on the road this season has given up 28-plus at Philly, at San Francisco, at Arizona. Not like that's a great defense. We saw Seattle come into their house and torch them as well. So I think Buffalo hangs the number. And then while Buffalo's defense metrically looks really good, that's mm. built on the backs of shutting down teams like the Giants, the Jets, the Commanders, the Raiders. The Eagles hung 37 on them a couple weeks ago. So I think we end up seeing a pretty big effort uh, in the scoring department in that matchup. Now, I was wondering, because we were talking about it earlier, about how Miami needs this game to solidify the AFC East. With a two-game lead, but already a loss against Buffalo, and I think with the Bills' schedule being a little easier, can I get decent odds for the Bills to win the division, and would it be worth a play? So that's an interesting one right there, because a lot of people have been talking about the Bills. That narrative around the Bills is that no one would want to face them in the playoffs, they'd be the most dangerous team, yada, yada, yada. So I don't think you're getting great value, but as you break it down, they do have to play each other between now and the end of the season, and Miami still has a matchup with Dallas on the schedule as well. So if something's wrong with Tyreek Hill, the house of cards is going to collapse because we saw against uh, Tennessee, they're nowhere near. This is the MVP case for Tyreek Hill. Like, he comes off the field and the offense falls apart. That's the literal definition of value. So I think you could look to that if you want, but I'm not ready to fully trust Buffalo just yet. They, they've stumbled all over themselves too many times this season, and eventually that catches up with you. I like him against Dallas, though. Uh, I'm kind of yeah. Uh, I like so, them too. I'd lay the point. Yeah, and if and if they beat Dallas, I think that that would change. I think everybody's perception of them. If and that again, like by the way, that matchup against Dallas, Miami is Week 18, so it's the last game of the season. Yeah, if you like them to beat Dallas, then you would want to make that bet now because okay. after they would end up beating Dallas. Everything right. would shift. Everything would shift, and then everyone's going to start talking about him, and you're going to miss that price. So that's ultimately what we're looking for. What domino's going to fall that can get us a better price now that we can have in a few days? And if you like him to be Dallas, boom, that's a right. great domino in your favor. Now, what are you doing for your birthday tonight? It's a Friday. Big plans? Yeah, uh, not, not really. We've got the TV show coming up on ESPN2, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern, ESPN Bet Live, and then... The missus is in town. Uh, we've been looking at houses because we've got to find some place to live in Connecticut. So 
So that's pretty much what, how the birthday is being celebrated. I think I'll be allowed to have dinner at some point here, and that'll be the big celebration. <laughs> well, listen, uh, Dan and I will be in this seat uh, next Friday, so we'll talk to you then. Appreciate it, boys. Thanks to everyone out there who's listening. It's always a pleasure to get a chance to talk with you guys. Best of luck to everybody. Enjoy the All birthday, right. Joe. Thanks a lot. Happy birthday. All right, that's the great Joe Fortenball will join us next Friday, so he's got his picks. I picked the Niners, so now I'm nervous because he actually likes the Cardinals. He came up with some pretty interesting I, – I just bet the Niners because I think that's the best team in football right now. So that's why I did that. But I got it at 12, but 12 and a half is a pretty zophonic number. Listen up, Jet fans. Coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, it's your chance to score a pair of Jet tickets for the December 24th matchup against the Commanders. Brought to you by the New York Jets. Limited seats are available. Grab your tickets at nyjets.com slash tickets and get ready to bring the noise. 1-800-919-3776, number to call. Plus, uh, something very interesting happened last night that might be the best thing or worst thing to ever happen to the Chargers. It's Dan and Don on the K-Show on Yes and 98.7 ESPN New York. Thanks for listening to the Michael K-Show podcast. Hear more of Michael, Don, and Peter live weekday afternoon starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN.